0: Show number 29 of I Read Comics. Car, I'm sitting in my car after just having seen the X Men movie, and I'm so excited because it was really good. So, let me explain why I'm sitting in my car. It's because I wanted to review this movie immediately after seeing it, and we just got out of the theater what, like two minutes ago?
1: Two, maybe two
0: minutes ago. And I have my very, very special guest on the show tonight, who's my geek buddy Logan, <laughs> who I've told you guys about like lots of times. And we just made this decision that we were going to go see this together, yeah. So, um It was really good. I think we both thought it was really good.
1: Jaw-dropping, mostly from (laughs) five minutes in. Um,
0: The the thing I thought right after it was over, especially after that last scene, was that my world has been turned upside down, basically, because of all the things that happened in this movie. Um, So first of all, big, big spoiler warnings. If you haven't seen the movie yet, stop now. now, Don't (laughs) listen to any more, because we're going to tell all the stuff that happened in the movie. Yeah. So I was amazed at the number of people who got killed off in this movie. Yeah, uh,
2: tons. Tons t-
0: of people got killed off. So People so,
2: you could
1: not believe they would do that to.
0: So of the good guys, Scott Summers got killed yeah, off. Cyclops. Cyclops got killed off. Professor, Professor Xavier, Xavier got right off blown into a million billion little pieces.
1: Uh, Gene B- Gray Jean Grey <laughs> got killed off again. Jean Grey got killed off. Who else? Uh,
0: well, people got depowered.
1: Yeah, uh, Rogue got depowered. Rogue got depowered right in the beginning. Um, Magneto gets <laughs> Magne- depowered,
0: <laughs> and then all the other bad guys, except for Pyro, right? He didn't Pyro get and Juggernaut, up, but all his little assistants
1: destroyed. Got destroyed by by Jean Grey or or uh, the the X Men. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was Amazing. like
0: mutant massacre. Yeah,
1: that's one. Yeah, that's the one way to put it, really.
0: Um, so, of the people who supposedly died in this movie, we're not really sure about all of them. So, if
1: you haven't watched it and you are listening to this, stay through the credits. Kind of annoying. Credits are long.
0: They're very long.
1: But there's a good thirty seconds of extra. You might. You have to have seen like all the, the suggestions it's, to do this already. It was but, all
0: over. It was like on News and yeah, It was on yeah. the boards and, and everything. I would say
1: half of our theater stayed. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised that as many people left. Even those little kids next to us Yeah, they staying. knew. They were like, they like I
0: can't wait to see this. <laughs>
1: uh, so, yeah. Uh, I wonder what that means.
0: I, I don't know. I mean, I thought pretty much this was going to be the last movie that they were making in yeah. this series just because... Everybody's getting older, and their contracts are up, and yep. they were, you know, whatever. That's why they called it the last stand, mm-hmm. right? But I think they clearly well, it, left it open. It really far. gives
1: them the chance to remake it with not the same members, right? Mm-hmm. So there was the big, the big hubbub that Halle Berry didn't want to come back, but mm-hmm. she was under contract, I think, uh, so she, she did, or they renegotiated her contract so she could come back. Um, so maybe, you know, in the, if they do a fourth one, this leaves it open to just remake the whole thing with characters that they want.
0: That's true. Or, or that want to come back. Right. Or, yeah, just focus on a different set of characters. Yeah. So the things that I was really surprised about in this movie. First of all, Halle Berry was a lot better than I thought she was going to be. Yes. From the trailers that we saw, we both thought she was going to suck.
1: Yeah, that trailer, the extended clip that got released with her and Hank McCoy and, and Professor X, and she's going on and on about how, you know, not we're not we're not, we're not, not an illness. We don't need a cure. She, looked, she was terrible. Yeah. But after that. She was pretty good. She was pretty good, and, and she they got she finally made ass. her a badass. They
0: made her badass. She got to she like flew ah, all around, and, and she was beating people up.
1: Lightning coming from her hands.
0: And that was really cool. So yeah. she was really good. Um, I was surprised that they focused so much on um, Bobby. Iceman because he hasn't really been a big part of this before Mm -hmm. and he hasn't really been an X-Men character in a long long time. He was one of the original X-Men way 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 back when. With
1: Angel right? With Angel so it was
0: him and Angel and Beast and Cyclops Mm -hmm. and and Miss Marvel Jean Grey as she was known then. Um, But I thought it was really neat that they introduced him as a character and I like the fact that he really looked like a teenager. Yeah. He looked really young. He looked young. Um, You know Wolverine and Storm and, and McCoy obviously are meant to be adults in this world but right. the fact that it is a school for teenagers
1: and that Kitty Pride uh and and Bobby are still really, really little they
0: are they yeah. really are and I love the fact that they cast interesting looking actors in those roles mm-hmm. so the kid who plays Bobby the girl who plays Kitty Pride, yeah. the girl who plays Rogue they don't look like movie stars right
1: they're not they're they're not um your run-of-the-mill sort of pretty face
0: yeah they just they look like normal kids and yeah. I thought that was really refreshing and it brought a lot of depth if they had just looked like Kids who were on um, like shows on the WB or something. I think it really would have <laughs> right. undercut their characters. Right. And they were good actors too. And
1: for that matter, Pyro. He's not particularly yeah. attractive. No, kid, he's not. But uh, you know, he does a really good job, and he, he really had that anger down.
2: He did. That that
1: was that excellent. Was, so so let's just talk about Iceman for a second. <laughs> he becomes Iceman. That was for the cool. First time. <laughs> oh, that I was mean, so he, cool. So so I think it's interesting because one of the things Magneto always accused Charles of was holding his students back. Yeah. And never letting them realize their full potential. And Charles's is. Uh, explanation of course was well i'm i'm trying to let them progress naturally mm-hmm. or you know sl- slowly and, and evolve naturally and not big leaps Magneto was all about the big leap
2: mm-hmm.
1: bobby takes the big leap he become- he 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 channels his inner ice yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 that was really well done yeah. really really good yeah. um that visual effect of pyro like, aiming all his firepower right. at him, and then you just see Bobby's hands mm-hmm. reaching up out of the flames and grabbing Turning onto his... full t- blue. Yeah.
1: I see, I mean, metallic blue, Metallic
0: really. blue. That was great. Which yeah. was, uh, and I was remembering when I saw that, that the way Iceman was drawn in the comics right. was as, as an ice. Iceman. And right. not just that he had the power coming out of his right. hands. He really turned to ice. Right. So, that was great. That yeah. was really cool. I,
1: I was a little disappointed that Angel didn't become more part of the team. Yeah. Uh, And it was kind of weird that he swoops in to save his dad. I get the the symbolic meaning there, Mm -hmm. you know, that he's a good guy. And that not all mutants are really against humans, and that mutants can coexist with humans, and and fine. But, and even, you know, uh, Angel, whose dad turned on him and Mm -hmm. tried to, and and didn't accept him, he still accepted his father. So I get that, he swoops in and saves his dad, but... You know, Angel's a good character. He's got a lot of skills.
0: I suspect that the reason he wasn't in the movie war was that it was too expensive to animate his wings.
1: I imagine. (laughs) They were amazing, though.
0: They were beautiful, but imagine having to do that in a lot of different scenes. I think it was probably cost prohibitive. (laughs) Honestly, you know, they have to make these decisions. We were talking about that. Um, Before we came to see the movie, we had both read um, a review of it over at Salon, where the reviewer was saying that, you know, parts of the movie were very good. She was complaining a little bit that she thought some of the characters in their relationship stories had gotten short shrift and I actually didn't feel that as we were watching it.
1: No, I thought the Logan uh, Jean thing was fantastic. It was
0: nicely balanced and then yeah. the whole rogue Iceman um, uh, Kitty Kitty thing was, mm-hmm. was nice. I mean, it was right. little but it was good. So
1: what's interesting is as I understand it maybe it's just the one that this is based off of primarily uh, the comic is, that is had um, Colossus and Kitty. Kind of, right, right. And that didn't really happen. Maybe Colossus is just there for some muscle power. He, mm-hmm. he wasn't really a character that got built out. Um, but that was interesting that they, they did that with, um, Iceman and, and Kitty.
0: Yeah, it was good. It was, it was, you know, little scenes, but they were good little scenes mm-hmm. and I thought they played them really well. It could have easily gone into either melodrama or really saccharine and they didn't do that. So
1: people who took the cure, uh, let's you know, that's one of them is Rogue. Yeah. She, she She's did.
0: not a superhero, but I mean, I think they were leaving it open, so... Magneto gets right. cured against his will, but we see at the very end that yeah. he hasn't completely lost well his He's moved the power. smallest
1: little piece of metal. Right. So maybe Mag- the cure isn't as it's, permanent as they thought. It, yeah. And Magneto got stuck with four shots.
0: Yeah. Well, he's a... Well, I don't even know what level mutant is. I think he he's is.
1: class four, right? Because class five is the highest class. Right.
0: And that's only Gene.
1: And that's Gene. Or at least the only one that no, Xavier's okay. ever met. <laughs> uh, and, and when... Um, no, has it, Callisto says, you know, the only buddy above a cla- the only mutants above a class four, uh, 3 in this room right. are you and Pirate. Right. so they're, they're
0: four. so in genus five. That right? that must
1: be the case. Yeah. But uh yeah, that's that leaves that leaves it open for another movie where Magnino can still be mounting an army right yeah. he can recover his powers and, and who knows and and maybe it's just Jean comes back and undoes everything that she's done out which of is
0: always a possibility because let us not forget it is based on a comic book yeah and the <laughs> Phoenix has come back how many times so let's talk about what happens with Charles Xavier because oh, I, I had a huge flash of something else in that scene. So in the movie, um, he and and uh, Magneto go to talk to her after she's come back as Phoenix. And they're trying to they're both kind of fighting over her mm-hmm. at this point. And, and her, she sort of marshals her power. And the whole house lifts up into the air, which was amazing. Yeah. It was so cool. Very, very well done. Yeah. And um, she lifts him up into the air. And her, one of her powers, which you really see in the movie, is that everything begins to disintegrate into its component parts like shards and it happens to his clothes and Mm -hmm. you can see it happens to his skin, skin, right? His skin is kind of peeling off.
1: While, while meanwhile, Magneto sits and and watches unable to move, right? Because she's, she's holding it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So she's just dealing with, with professor Xavier because of course she's now feeling like he's been, as you were saying, holding her back and not letting her achieve her potential. And then Logan somehow manages to um, come into the room and, and the last thing that Xavier says to her is, don't let the power control you. Yeah. But then he turns to Logan and he kind of smiles for, for just a split second yeah. in this way that yeah. very much reminded me of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hmm. Exactly. It was mm. exactly that sort of thing. Interesting. Where he knew he was going to sacrifice himself, yeah. but he was smiling. Yeah. Not as if he was facing this terrible death and he thought that was the end. And at that point, I was like, "Oh, there's something that's going to happen." Like, I didn't think he was going to get blown into a million pieces no. at all. But that little look told me that there was something else happening. Yeah, I didn't expect to hear him at the end, but right. I thought that there something would happen.
1: I was that was my first wow moment. Right? <laughs> Is of course when Jean gets up and, and um, blows through the, the door in the in the lab, pretty amazing. But but when she disintegrates Professor X. I mean, I was speechless. I know. I was- I, was, I think, I, no, I wasn't. I actually <laughs> said, no, no, no. Because, no! wow, like, who, the, I I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. I couldn't believe they'd go that.
0: And it was really well done. I mean, it was an incredibly dramatic moment. Mm-hmm. And to have him just basically disintegrate like that was...
1: And mm-hmm. and then what's interesting is, so, there is this war between uh, Xavier and, and uh, like Magneto. Mm-hmm. But as we've seen in the other movies, there's also this Ken... Uh, Kinsmanship. Mm-hmm. And you see Magneto destroyed, you know, shocked by what has happened to him to yeah. Xavier yeah. when this happens. And then later when Pyro's saying, you know, I could have destroyed Professor X anytime I wanted, and and Magneto really steps in and says the the, only, the biggest regret I ever have is that he had to die for my our our dream to come true. Yeah. So it, it's interesting because it's showing that they, they the two of them understood each other. They're the first. Right. They they are the core of this. So what shocked me was that they eliminated one of those characters.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and it became Magneto's movie pretty yeah, much at that point. Yeah. Because I Because actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's very interesting because the very first thing that happens in the movie is that Scott disappears. Right. Scott nominally being the leader of the X-Men. Right. And he's gone. gone. And we don't know what happens to him. And we still don't know what happens to him. Nope. Because he is just gone. There, there's a little bit of something happening when, when Jean comes back. When she's kissing him, you see his face... Huh. Like I noticed that yeah. his skin suddenly looked really drawn, and it looked like literally she was sucking the power yeah. out of him. Well,
1: and also Professor X then says to Jean, you know that that she or uh, he looks at Logan and says, you know that uh, the Jean killed Scott. Scott,
0: Right, but so
1: Scott's gone. Or well, something.
0: he's something. Something happened. Yeah. We don't find out because they don't find his body. And
1: but I think I think Professor X must have uh, used his telepathy to s- slip in there and and before because that was before they went to her house. Right. Right. So. She she might have not had her guard up against
0: yeah, him Yeah, yeah. So, so <clears> Scott's <throat> gone, leader of the X-Men. Xavier's gone, the actual leader right. of the X-Men. And there is a scene where they're all kind of sitting around going, what do we do now? Right. And then they decide that they need to band together. Well, but, better
1: yet, Storm up steps up. Yeah,
0: which was great. Which that was, was, good was good. Because,
1: you know, from what I remember, she is, like Scott, a leader of the X-Men in maybe not role, usually, but, uh, but in emotional impact.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she acts the most kind of adult and keeping everybody right. together so so it becomes magneto on one side and a bunch of x-men on the other who don't really have anybody who's coordinating it mm-hmm. and I, I think there's um people are thinking that that wolverine is going to step in to do that but he doesn't because he goes off on his own to try and find gene right. leaving them in the lurch and right you know you don't do that when you're part of a team and he like learns that lesson when right because when that. it
1: comes into battle he's he's orchestrating a team which was, which was good because I think that's the other thing that we haven't seen a lot of in the other movies is them acting as a full team. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, and they really did.
1: They really did. We, we, it's almost as if without their leaders, huh, Charles or, <laughs> or Cyclops, they, they have to stick together because who Fair. else do they have? That's they, right. Um, and I remember in the comics that Xavier was often coordinating the battle, even from the school, mm-hmm. to, uh, telepathically. That was never really implied in the previous movies because he was always captured or something. <laughs> Or in a coma, but um, <laughs> and and that's another interesting thing. Okay, so Professor X, powerful uh, mutant, one of the first, right? Uh, Magneto's rival has in these three movies never taken a powerful role. In the first movie, he he gets duped by uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mystique mm-hmm. and goes into a coma. The second movie, he gets captured because of uh, Magneto's be- being uh, duped by the oh, what's his name, the general, and then. In this one, he's disintegrated. Fifteen twenty minutes into the, <laughs> the movie. movie, he just really—I, I've, I've always wished that he would do more. Maybe it's because I like Patrick Stewart, and Patrick <laughs> Stewart is my hero, as Captain John Luke Picard. But yeah, he just never. He's never been anything in the
0: movies. I, you know, I think it's because in the comics it's a lot easier to write him as a more powerful character. Right. In in movies, because you have these incredibly vibrant superheroes surrounding him, mm-hmm. it's like basically who do you want to see on the screen? Do you want right. to see Hugh Jackman with claws coming out of his hands? Right. Or do you want to see Patrick right. Stewart in a wheelchair? That's a good point. So cinematically I think it just makes more sense to, to do that. Although, yeah. you know, you see a little bit more of his power, I think, in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. especially in that scene. I wanted to talk about the scene um, w- that they did all this CGI stuff yeah. to with him and um, Ian McKellen looking like young guys. Oh, right, right. That was kind of interesting.
1: It was. It was very interesting. It was first, the first scene of the movie, yeah, right? Yeah, And Ian McKellen talks about it in an interview that <clears throat> I read on Super Hype, uh, SuperHeroHype.com, and he says, it, this is the first time I think in a movie that these guys who do this, uh, it's photoshopping but for live uh, motion video, mm-hmm. that they've done this. And initially there uh, when they when they photoshopped it if you will they were too young mm-hmm. they looked too young and so it wasn't believable and so uh, Ratner and some of the artists the makeup artists and, and they add had them add some wrinkles back in because yeah. it didn't look 20 years it looked 40 it, years it old. was weird though or because
0: it, it's a, it's a very strange thing cuz i've seen pictures of patrick stewart when mm-hmm. he was a younger guy mm-hmm. and that's not what he looked like no. so it's I mean, it works, but it kind of doesn't work if you know what the actors right. look like at that age. Right. It's a little bit jarring. Yeah. But it does convey the idea that they were younger then. Mm-hmm.
1: So well, what's interesting That's is cool. it's even more <clears throat> than just photoshopping uh, facial features or uh, airbrushing, right? They they change their their chest structure, yes. and Their their whole musculature yeah. with this technique. It's been fascinating. I,
0: I want. There's one thing I noticed though, and I'll have to see it again to verify this, but the one thing that kind of caught my attention. Um, was when they get out of the car, and obviously Professor X can walk at that point mm-hmm. before the thing happens to him. Um, and when Patrick Stewart gets out of the car, um, he puts his hand down on something. I don't know if it's the the, the door of the car or mm-hmm. something, but his hand is sort of in a closer shot than his face. And his hand doesn't look photoshopped.
1: Huh. So they hadn't done that. They scene. Ha- so
0: I have to look again, though, just to yeah. confirm it. It might have been me just paying too much attention right. and seeing something that wasn't right. there. But, you know, that's how you can always tell, right? You look at people's hands and you can see how old they are. Yeah. So I'll have to look that because I'm sure I'll <clears> see this <throat> again.
2: So I
1: wasn't sure if when they're sitting there with Jean as a child and charles lifts all the the cars up and everything by the way stanley's great performance you know
0: again <laughs> as, as it, he was called the um the water hose guy right. in the credits <laughs> startled water, water hose, hose guy, guy. uh
1: yes yeah, so i was unsure of when when charles is lifting everything up or, and then she looks out if she's the one that slams them all down
0: it was hard to tell yeah i'm not sure
1: maybe we're just left to wonder that and yeah Maybe it's foreshadowing of her power. Mm-hmm. The mental blocks was interesting.
0: That was cool. The psychic
1: mental blocks that Charles puts in place, and pretend, I mean, I'm thinking it's because he has this idea that everyone has to learn. All the mutants have to learn slowly and gradually how to harness their powers, so they don't, um, well, turn into Phoenix, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I wonder if Phoenix wasn't his own creation, and so Charles was destroyed by his own creation. I mean, he said that hmm. as her powers developed. Um, it, she developed she developed a right, split personality yeah. and one was gene that they all knew and loved and one was the phoenix powerful rage and rage anger and joy, joy yeah. right pure pure uh and it, i wonder if the phoenix would have actually developed if if he hadn't put those mental blocks in and really kept it suppressed yeah and so really what ends up destroying him is his own creation yeah
0: not unlike Obi-Wan Kenobi being Not killed by Darth, Vader. by Darth Vader. That is actually an interesting comment. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else did I want to talk about? Um, I was really happy with the way the women were portrayed in this movie. Because mm-hmm. um, I, you know, you're never quite sure what to expect. Whether right. they're going to get treated like, you know, s- stupid or whatever. But they weren't. I thought that the women were all really well done.
1: I was a little disappointed by Rogue being weak yet again. She didn't have
0: anything to do. She's just
1: always been weak. She gets, yeah. again, captured in the first one by Magneto. Uh, of course, she's a kid. But uh, in the second one, she's doesn't really do anything, think, right? Yeah. And in this one, really, she just kind of runs away cause, and turns herself normal.
0: Because she's mad at her boyfriend. But <laughs> but um, I wish they had shown her being able to use her power. One that would have been time, cool. Yeah. That would have been nice. Um, I thought Kitty was great. Fantastic. And that she not only is... Um, strong, but also really smart. Yeah. Because it takes her about three seconds to figure out how to use... The, the little boy Jimmy's power yep. to defeat Juggernaut. Yep. I mean, she gets it like and, immediately. That was excellent. And
1: in Joss Whedon's uh, astonishing X Men, she's smart, she's tactical, mm-hmm. and she's yet she's young. And so I think that's an interesting uh, carryover yeah. to the movie.
0: But she was great. I, I love that that whole scene of her running through all the walls and mm-hmm. everything. That mm-hmm. was that was excellent. Storm very well done. Storm was fantastic. She yeah.
1: she was very strong. She was very powerful. Much more powerful than we've ever seen her. Mm-hmm. Um, more in line with the comic books, flying, flying around. Flying,
0: yeah, flying. Those and girls of course, was like, fly, fly. of course,
1: they had to have her fight Callisto. Yeah. So it was kind of the girl fight, but Callisto very strong, she very powerful, great. stood right up to Ian McKellen. Yeah. You
0: know? I, that was really interesting to me. Was that um, there was th- so that little triumvirate of, mm-hmm. of um, Magneto and Pyro and mm-hmm. Callisto, mm-hmm. and even though Pyro is very strong. Callisto is a smart one yeah. and she really becomes his right hand man. And he, I noticed that over the course of the movie, he yeah. was turning to her more and more right. for advice on what to do. And Pyro was just sort of like, well, his. Pyro
1: his... is uh, while he's very loyal, he is just rage yeah. and, and powerful rage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's really his role much like juggernaut and, um, Oh, what's his name? Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. And then who was it in the last movie? <laughs> Why am I forgetting in the second <laughs> movie? Who's the big powerful guy? I guess there wasn't. Was there? Yeah. It was just the two of them. It was um, Magneto and Mystique.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So Mystique, another depowered. Oh human. my gosh! That was right amazing. Right in the beginning as well. That was really amazing. So. And,
1: and Magneto turning on her. Exactly. She. Wow, that shocked me. Yeah. It really revealed Magneto's character. It, how much he hates humans.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: She she, she jumps out and saves him from being yeah. depowered. And he says, You saved me and like someone somewhat heartfelt and you think he's gonna do something <laughs> yeah. for it? And then he, he just turns, and turns walks away. Now you're one of them, you're not one of us and yeah. walks away. Oh,
0: oh, and the line that he has so of course the actress who plays Mystique is this beautiful woman and when she gets depowered she's still a very beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah. And as he walks away he says, And she used to be so beautiful. Right. Which was really nice. Yeah. Really, really well done. Very powerful. So that was great. And then of course she ends up turning on him and betraying him to the right. authorities and all that. But I, I But it makes that
1: you wonder, did she? Because or Maybe he had already changed his plans since the last time she knew, but what, what they end up finding is a decoy. Yeah. So
2: who knows? I I don't
0: know. I don't know. Hard to say. Although I, I think it would have been consistent with Magneto's character to assume that because she was a human, she was worthless Mm -hmm. and she couldn't have done anything to, to affect him in any way. Even if she went to them, it wouldn't matter because they're only human. Right. How could they affect him? Okay, so I have one big criticism, which is that is there some rule that says that if you're a mutant, you have to dress like uh, a punk goth kid who like can't you're an evil really, mutant. yeah, that you can't really afford good makeup, so you have to right. go like shoplift makeup from Woolworths.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that's what they look like. All <laughs> like, of them except really Pyro, Juggernaut, and Magneto. Why right? do they
0: have to dress them like that? What is up with that? That yeah. annoys me. That yeah. really annoys me.
1: Well, I think it's that they're the ones, right, who. I can, I can maybe see the point is that they're the ones without turning to Xavier and having a place to live. They were the outcasts. They were the drugs, dregs of society. So they're left to really be street kids.
0: I guess so. But they, they don't dress like I would imagine actual street kids. (laughs) You mean in black
1: leather? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know,
2: and
0: and the girls are wearing like these weird cut up bustier kind of things Mm -hmm. and they all have tattoos and and purple. It's like, you know, they're just like a little too overdressed to be actual street kids. Yeah. They look like they tried to get into the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and it just didn't work. So they decided we'll be mutants instead. Right. So, right. I mean, I understand that they do this because they're trying to show them as a group of outcasts, but... Yeah. I think it's a little tired. Yeah. I've seen that well, in too many movies.
1: in that regard, there was... I thought it was funny, or not funny, but maybe just uh, a little striking how ripped Ben Foster got to play angel and how much he kept flexing his abs <laughs> That's I
0: mean, true.
1: bulging. He's not a big guy, but he had these bulging abs yeah. that as he breathed heavily, they were just kind of rippling out of his stomach. Uh,
0: I was wondering who had the job of shaving his chest. That was my question. I don't know if he has
1: hair. He's pretty, pretty hairless guy. I mean, I guess he has a big kind of, even his beard though. And some of the pictures on, on IMDb, pretty thin hair. You know? I
0: guess so. he look pretty. Smooth. So, so you
1: know where he's from. He's uh, oh, you
0: told me. six forgot. feet under. He right, was right, six feet Russell under. on six feet yeah. under. And
1: all I have to say is this is a much better look for Mr. Ben Foster <laughs> with the blonde bleach hair. And I do agree with your comment that you expected him to just yell, dude, <laughs> it's Angel Gone Surfer.
0: Um, so uh, I thought there was a good balance of, um, of flesh on view between the men and the women. Mm-hmm. Personally, I could have gone for a little more men.
1: Uh, Hugh Jackman was ripped
0: He was extremely ripped And almost naked at the end Which was pretty cool
1: Yeah They did say that uh, He did say in one of his interviews That they used some CGI To enhance his muscles Mm -hmm. But that he did work out I think it's two hours a day For months and months pretty good
0: And I noticed there was that one scene When when the X-Men are all going And they're walking towards the jet Mm And we get to see his butt His butt looked pretty good (laughs) I noticed that
1: He's a fit guy.
0: He's very fit. Um, and um, Colossus looked pretty good. As, as little as we saw him, you he know, looked pretty good.
1: So I have a, I have a comment on Colossus, because after I saw him in the second movie, uh, you know, immediately was like, who's this guy and is he going to be in the next one? And <laughs> I was happy to hear that he was. He's a little... He was a little pudgier. Um, they probably made him pack on a ton of weight, because Colossus is a big guy. Yeah, he's supposed and, to be huge. And, you know... He's like seven
2: feet I, tall. He wasn't quite
1: as ripped in this one as he was in the last one. But, uh... You know, he, he served his purpose. He had a few good moments where he threw Wolverine twice, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: that was cool. And, uh,
1: oh, how cool was it when um, they're in the danger, okay, danger, the danger room? Okay, danger room. That was with, good. With that the, was uh, good. the Sentinel. Cool. <laughs> awesome. But how cool was it when the Sentinel's throwing something, uh, or something's going to land, I guess the rocket, at um, on Colossus and, and Rogue, and he makes his metal go yeah. over Rogue. Awesome. That was really Great good. effect. And then, of course, when he pulls back, he's shaken because mm-hmm. she's, you know, sucked some of his life force or whatever.
0: Yep. That was cool.
1: But uh, the, the Danger Room scene was great. Um, I kind of knew it was a Danger Room mm-hmm. about well, 10, 15 seconds in. because
0: Wolverine was being so uh, casual about yeah. it and lighting his cigar on a piece of rubble or something. Right. So, like... A little, a little over the top. I kind
1: of had, I kind of wished Scott had at least been in that scene to, to yeah. show off his powers and be, have have it be his one last stand. Even
0: I have such a soft spot <clears throat> for Scott Summers. Mm-hmm. I really do because he was one of the original X Men yeah. and he's always been the leader. And I think people have always um, unfairly portrayed, not portrayed him, but viewed him as sort of this humorless dad figure who right. never has any fun. I don't think he's really like that. No, he's very emotional
1: and yeah. we see that even in this this first scene where he and Logan exchange some words. Yeah. He, he's torn up over Jean which yeah. proved that he loved her deeply. Yeah. And he was very protective of her in the, the first two movies. Yeah. And and I think that that, car- that that's true in the, the comics as well. Yeah. Uh, even if he does go off with Emma Frost. <laughs>
0: But I, I I was sad to not see him more in this movie because I just like that character a lot. Mm-hmm. And I remember when, when you were learning me um, the that the mini series that I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Is it the astonishing X Men? Yeah. The right. right, right, right. Or. Um that one scene where he had to obliterate everything around them and he just took off his glasses mm-hmm. and the illustration of that panel. Fantastic. That was amazing. That was so cool. Yeah. I was like so. You know, again, it's, it, he's almost viewed as if he doesn't have a very big power, but he does have this amazing power. Yeah. He just doesn't use it very well, often. Well, his power,
1: as in Astonishing X-Men, when he brings Phoenix back with his with eye his beams. Yeah. Like, his power brings her back in this movie, too, yeah. which I thought was nice. It was. We didn't really see how it happened, but, you know, as soon as he hits the the, the, the water with his eyes...
0: It makes this huge vortex. Right. And she it, pops. That was cool. That was a cool effect.
1: It was very cool. Yeah. Uh, I wish we had have seen him die. And maybe it's better that we didn't because we yeah. don't know that he's actually dead that's
0: right so so that that was good but but sad not to see more of him I like him as an actor anyway
1: yeah yeah uh James Marsden is yeah. good he he uh he's gonna be in Superman mm-hmm. he's gonna play Lois Lane's husband Perry White's son uh, which will be good to see him and, you know like I was saying just after the movie ended Ah, that's how he was able to film two movies <laughs> once he actually <laughs>
0: isn't he in one out. of the movies <laughs> he's in it for five minutes and then he left yeah um there were there were some other things that I, I thought were really good. I liked the fact that um, we got to see more of the kids who were at mm-hmm. th- at the school, especially mm-hmm. at the end when they were all coming back. Yeah. it was kind of nice to see it as a, a more populated place because right. sometimes in the even in the comic books, it seems like there's nobody there. Right.
1: It's the team and that's it. Yeah, like like and they were the at, kids. They were at the funeral as well, and and I think even in the second movie when uh, when when the army attacks. You get to see them a lot, but then they're just kind of running for cover. But it was good to see that this is a school. It Mm -hmm. actually is a school where they're... They're learning. They're learning. and
0: supposed to be learning stuff.
1: Yeah. So, I was a little confused uh, when Storm is standing on the balcony, and the storm clouds gather, and and Xavier kind of pauses or loses his concentration while he's trying to teach them about what was it, ethics, or Mm -hmm. something, Uh, and... He goes out to talk to her, and, and I don't really I don't really know what that exchange was about. Like, maybe I just kind of missed it. I need to see it when I watch the movie and on Sunday. Um, yeah.
0: it, 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 I think um, I thought that he was reacting to what was happening with Gene and Scott up by the lake. That's what I thought. But I don't know why there was storm clouds unless all the mutants were sort of sensing it somehow uh, that she was coming back that's interesting I, I could be reading too much into it yeah um or there could have just been a disturbance in the force and they were all feeling
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> or it might have just been storm like scott like logan like all of them was missing jean yeah. and just spacing out and
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> brought
1: storm brought the storm on could have
0: been i don't know so so one thing i
1: think uh has been a criticism of all all, all three movies now is that it doesn't follow closely enough to any one of the storylines from the comic Mm -hmm. books. And I think that's been a criticism I've heard of various other comic movies. And I don't, personally I like it when the movie takes on its own Mm storyline. It's really, it's not uh, really just re-envisioning or bringing to movie one of the comic stories or, you know, the comic itself. I, I like that the directors, the, the, the uh, scriptwriters, take their own personal license to create a new story. Mm-hmm. And that turns off a lot of people. It A lot of people want the storyline. They feel betrayed. Yeah. That this person doesn't have this power or this person's power isn't strong enough or whatever it is. This person dies or this person... So I know I uh, read something that um, a couple of the bad guys' names don't go with the powers that actually they had. And, but that's okay to me, because they're kind of secondary characters, even tertiary characters, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's really impressive to see that the screenwriters and and Brett Ratner took it and made it their own, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I think it's true with the Harry Potter movies as well. The last two far exceeded the previous two. Uh, Number three and four, I felt, took on, well, the the directors really took on their own license to create Mm -hmm. kind of different characters and different storylines and left out some things and put some things in that maybe didn't exist. Same is true for the X-Men movies. And I appreciate that. Um, it may not be... It, there is another way to do it. They could do it like Chris Columbus said with the first two Harry Potter movies and just step by step, page by page, chapter by chapter, create the same thing. But on film, it just doesn't... That wouldn't appeal to me. I didn't like the first two Harry Potter movies mm-hmm. for that reason. Yeah. So...
0: I I agree, and I think um, the key to making a good movie, I think this is a good movie, um, taking those comic book characters is the story can be completely different, but Mm -hmm. the characters have to be the characters that are in the comic book, whether their powers are exactly matched for a tertiary character. I mean, that's not so important. But, you know, if you read the comics, you can go to the movie and say, yeah, I see that Patrick Stewart is doing... Mm -hmm. Xavier like he is in the comics like that's his character that's his personality that's the way he acts and the same with everybody else Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like any of these characters was so different from the way that they were originally envisioned in the comic book that it jarred me
1: right and and the job of an actor really is not to bring to life uh, a character the way everyone else sees them Mm -hmm. but instead give breathe their own life into a character. It's an
0: interpretation. It's
1: why casting directors pick certain actors instead of others. Like, mm-hmm. I am certain that there's probably another actor who looked more the part of Wolverine. Yeah. Shorter, uh, stockier, etc. was a little more aggressive. But I like what uh, Hugh Jackman did with the character. Yeah, yeah
0: it's really good. Um, we were talking a little earlier too about what it takes to play a superhero, yeah. and that it takes a certain character and an actor to to pull something out of themselves to be the superhero, mm-hmm. to be bigger, yeah. and to to convey this other other worldliness that they have because they have a power. And I think they did a really good job on the casting. I felt like um, the adults all conveyed that really well. And Storm did
1: better this time than better, she had, better. Yeah.
0: You know, not great, but better. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kids, um, so Bobby and um, uh, Rogue and Kitty Pryde. Hey did a good job of conveying that they're trying to learn how to use their powers, mm-hmm. that they're just getting comfortable. Yep. And, you know, when we see Bobby take that leap and yep. figure out what he's doing, and when we see Kitty yeah. really pull it together to do it, you know, they're you, you see them learning how to be those superheroes. That's yeah. so good. That's yeah. really, really good.
1: I agree. And, and uh, you know, I think to an extent you could say the same for Angel with his mm-hmm. angst. And, and he really pulled it off as, as a mutant that didn't want to not be a mutant anymore mm-hmm. when any breaks free. Um, so I don't think his, his role because it was so much, um, less advanced in the movie mm-hmm. was comparable. But I think that in the same way, they, they just picked good actors a- across the board. Um, the, you know, again, as has happened in all the movies, we don't get to know the bad guys so well. Mm-hmm. So Toad and Sabretooth were good, but they were just kind of there and they were his power, his muscle. And, um, Mystique was the only one we ever got some background yeah. on, uh, and this time again, Pyro, Callisto, uh, Juggernaut. He, he, Juggernaut kind of had some character, but again, th- there wasn't really any depth to those characters, and maybe that's just the way that uh, the movies are written. I don't know. Maybe it's
0: well, th- I direction. think there are a lot of them, and we can't <laughs> spend that much time that's with true. them. So we have to, you know, get to know them in these little teeny glimpses. And that being said, it is
1: called the X Men, and not, you know, (laughs) Magneto's army or the Brotherhood or whatever.
0: Um, speaking of bad guys, I just have to say, how much do I love Ian McKellen? Uh, he's so good. And, you know, I was thinking, there's, there's a scene in the movie where he moves the Golden Gate Bridge, oh. and he does such a good job. I mean, come on. First of all, Ian McKellen is this old man now, right? Mm-hmm. And he's wearing this ridiculous helmet, which <laughs> so is, retro. it's so retro, <laughs> and it's so, I mean, you know, here they are trying to be faithful to yeah. the, the vision right. of Magneto, and he's got a cape, mm-hmm. right? Like, what, what does, um... Uh, the, I can't remember the, the... I think it's Callisto,
1: but is that what you mean when she what, says when she, in the church? Yeah. She
0: says, you know... You
1: sound pretty tough for a guy in a cage <laughs> That
0: was hilarious. And he's got these leather gloves on, and he has to be standing on the Golden Gate Bridge and strike this ridiculous superhero, <laughs> super villain pose where he kind of, like, does this thing with his right, hands. Right. And, you know, he conjures up all this power, and he pulls it off and makes it look You convincing. know who it reminded me of?
1: <laughs> I feel that, um... Oh, what's it? Uh, Keanu Reeves' sole redeeming point in all of the Matrix 3 movies was in the very end of the first movie when he's fighting um, Agent... Why oh, can't I say his name? Is it Agent X? No. Anyway, the, the agent... Like, he just... He kind of strikes that crazy kung fu yeah. pose and then, like, waves him uh-huh. forward. That, to me, was it, right? <laughs> I don't know why, but I was just like, yes, okay, I get it. He's, <laughs> he's cocky. He's He's confident. And in the same way, Ian McKellen pulled off the... I am powerful as all hell and I'm going to move this bridge. Amazing.
0: It was so good. I was just sitting there so enjoying his performance yeah. that, you know, of course he's a huge scenery chewer and just totally dominates the scene whenever mm-hmm. he's in it and is so good. Even, like in those very quiet scenes when he's talking with Jean Grey, he's mm-hmm. very, very good. But he, he he hams it up, but not in a way that's just so over the top that you can't believe him. I mean, he's completely believable. He's Magneto. So what's he
1: going to do with all this money? He played... <laughs> Three <laughs> Lord of the Rings movies key character. He played in three X Men movies now, a key character and he's possibly gonna get a magneto yeah, spin off.
0: Oh, what the I heck know. is he gonna do
1: with his millions and oh, millions? Oh, he deserves of it. I mean, oh, gosh, absolutely. you know, he's
0: been a British stage actor his entire life. He probably yeah. didn't have any money at right. all before he did those Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. He's just great. And and he and Patrick Stewart together are really good too.
1: I thought their their kin uh, like I was saying, a kinsmanship at the in the room. With Jean, you yeah. know, they, they were fighting and they were arguing, but they set the rules when yeah, they went in. Yeah. They're not here to fight. Yep. They don't hate each other. No, no. They disagree, but they, it's almost like um, politics of, of the old days. When it is. You disagreed, but you respected each other as yeah. as partners,
2: really. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think that they, they really do feel like they're brothers yeah. in, in ways. And it's it really interesting how their relationship evolved over time in the comic books because mm-hmm. Magneto was introduced as purely as a villain very yeah. early on in the X-Men, and it wasn't until later that they actually built a backstory for him. Right. So it's nice that in the movies, anyway, they're picking it up mm-hmm. with all the backstory right. that these guys had once been close, and they're still, like you said, they really respect right. each other. And
1: I think that builds a deep um, a deep conflict for, for the movie watcher, right? Is If, if Ian McKellen or, or Magneto was just evil, and they never presented any mm-hmm. human side... I mean, maybe some of them, some people would root for for Magnino to win the day, but I wouldn't, because I wouldn't feel the human connection. And I think that's what you feel, a, because that's how Ian McKellen, how good he is. But mm-hmm. b, like that's that's really uh, was written in there. You, he he has emotion. He he doesn't kill that family. Remember, right, right before they jump off yeah. the bridge, the the woman starts to leave, and he just locks the door. Yeah, he, he saves. I mean, he he doesn't kill them. And how many people has he killed in his in these movies? So I was. I think that that's very good because it makes you want to hate what he's doing, Mm -hmm. and yet also understand where he's coming
0: from. Yeah. So this is great because this brings me to a thing I really wanted to talk about, which is the plot. Okay. So the plot of the movie is that the multiple plots. The multiple plots, but the big plot is that there's now a cure for mutants, so-called cure, permanent cure. And, um, the government is offering, well, the government in conjunction with the labs is offering it as a voluntary thing, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of suspicion that it will become an enforced thing. Yeah. And Magneto is leading the mutants who don't want this to happen. And Xavier is saying like, no, we have to let people do what they want and no, you know. Right. So that's the conflict. But it's very interesting that, um, well, first of all, Magneto's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean,
1: but but interestingly, he becomes somewhat of a fascist, right? He
0: absolutely does. I mean, he, that's the thing. He, he He's says, right, but he does it wrong. Right.
1: He says, those who, those mutants who stand against us will use the cure against them. Yes. Wow. I
0: know. That was really, really good. I mean, excellent script writing there. But, you know, you got to wonder, like, okay, if, if Magneto hadn't been nuts or however whatever he is that mm-hmm. makes him do that you know power hungry or whatever
1: hatred for humans hatred really.
0: for humans okay if so he hadn't been so consumed with his hatred for normal humans what would have happened right yeah. because the mutants have a right not to have this forced upon them right would there have been a, a war anyway mm-hmm. if he hadn't pushed it that hard right. or would the government really have started rounding them up and shooting them well with is the there guns? ever
1: a war I'm, this, i mean, this might be a question that has two answers but is there ever a war without a leader yeah. You know, and he steps up to be the leader. Maybe it would have been another leader, but he is one of the most powerful mutants. Um, so maybe it did require him. Wow. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was interesting that he, he, he goes to war to prevent the cure from being, uh, forced on, right. on any mutant and then threatens to use the cure on anyone who opposes him. Right. Interesting. Then in the end, uh, Hank McCoy and Wolverine, the Beast and Wolverine, look at each other and, and, and Storm, you know, looking at these three or four shots in front of them that they can use, knowing that they, they're, now they have the choice, the only way to win.
0: Yes. It's to do
1: the same thing. I
0: thought that was great. I mean, that was a really nice piece of filmmaking right there because, you know, first of all, it's in the middle of this huge battle when there are flaming cars (laughs) being tossed at them. And they're all just sitting there wondering what the fuck they're going to do because things are getting really bad and they see the cartridges. And even though no words are spoken, you know what they're thinking. Right. And it was was very, very well done that they were all weighing this decision about what to do and feeling like even though magneto is their enemy he is still one of them and and yeah. can they do this to right. one of it their wasn't an mind? immediate decision at no, all on their no. part
1: that was that was interesting and yeah. and i appreciated that part of the movie that that all of them were having to make this decision that to fight against this thing that they didn't believe in i mean storm and and hank mccoy didn't believe in the cure either mm-hmm. but they had to stand up for the right to for people who did want it to yeah. take it yeah. and yet in the end they used the cure against their <laughs> enemy uh, very yeah. very interesting.
0: Complicated stuff. Yeah. Um, but it, it was good. And, I, you know, that, the whole thing with the Cure for the Mutants, I know that that's come up in the X-Men comic books yeah. numerous times. Yeah. And it never really gets resolved. No. So I'm sure it will continue to come up in the X-Men comics for the next 20 years or right. however right. long they continue to run.
2: Well, and
1: interestingly, I, was, I think it, was it the Salon article? I, I've read so many reviews of it now, even just today. Um, but that said, that this was, you know, the, the gayest, the gayest superhero movie <laughs> ever, um, because the metaphor is so strong yeah, yeah. and relevant to what the key issue now is, is, you know, homosexuality in, in, in America. But I didn't, I didn't feel like it was heavy handed no, or overly over. So. I, I get that, um, the first two movies were directed by Brian Singer, who is very out, uh, and, and open, uh, gay, gay Hollywood director. And so that he wrote that in there a lot. There was a lot of subtle references um
0: but you know what else i noticed though and and i think it's not just a metaphor for homosexuality but i think it's a metaphor for just people who are different yeah that um many of the mutants on magneto's side were minorities Mm -hmm. so there were more uh, you know hispanic people there were more asian people there were more black people and they were featured i mean when you looked at their faces in the sea of mutants many many more than at xavier's school where they're mostly white
1: oh uh, that's a good point I hadn't noticed that, but you're, you're right. Yeah. So huh. I think
0: there's definitely something going on that couldn't have yep. been an accident of the no. casting.
1: No. I do think it's interesting that, um, so Ian McKellen, who's an out actor mm-hmm. and, and then, uh, <clears throat> Patrick Stewart, who's clearly comfortable <laughs> in his, his, uh, gay appeal, having played in the movie Jeffrey and then, you know, Patrick, or, uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard mm-hmm. being kind of a gay icon in a way, uh,
0: him and Q. Yeah, right. Totally.
1: Um, But but yeah, both being the the leaders of these two armies, uh, so drawing the very strong connection, Mm -hmm. um, in a subtle way, interestingly, uh, to this metaphor for homosexuality and the Mm -hmm. cure, and would we cure it if we could? and uh, It's interesting, and and I think you're right. It's not just homosexuality. It's anybody who's different, and I I read something today about the the real appeal to comic book kids, kids who, who are reading these, is that, at the time they're reading it, their bodies are changing. Their their, their bodies are mutating on (laughs) them, right? They're becoming these new things and uh, smells are coming from places that didn't before and hair and et cetera, et cetera. And they're becoming someone they don't know. They don't recognize. And the the mutants are the same way. And it's interesting that, you know, I think in the first movie, uh, Professor X talks about mutations setting on during puberty. Mm -hmm. Um, And so really that's fairly interesting, you know, uh, metaphor as well. Not that they're trying to cure adolescence, but maybe, maybe it is. It's the adult world trying to cure exactly. the the chi- that, the chi- child's culture.
0: Right. I, I think that's impose exactly impose their right. rules and their their ways. Right. And and people have talked about this a lot. You know, the first X Men comics came out it was like nineteen sixty three, sixty four, mm-hmm. and the X Men, the original X Men, were very much teenagers at that time, mm-hmm. and uh, that was Marvel's big thing. Like Stanley was really trying to create teenage characters that appealed to teenagers who felt like things were spitting out of control for them right
1: which and, and at that time teenager was a brand new concept right Like there the had, word teenager didn't even exist before the 50s I yeah
0: think. and so there were no teenage superheroes for mm-hmm. them and so he created characters that were just like the kids themselves yeah. with with extra powers or like Peter Parker who, who right. gets superpowers right. you know Fantastic Four were different because they were all adults pretty mm-hmm. much but the X-Men were teenagers except consumed. for the, the Torch right 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 and he was like the hot-headed little <laughs> brother but um.
1: But yeah the mutants are uh, and yet I think what's interesting about the mutants is, is that they're a team yes you know the X-Men band together in their being excluded from mm-hmm. the ex, the outside world but don't, still don't hate the outside world and, and I think that is an interesting commentary. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know what? I'd like to see more of, and I know that they don't have time for this in <laughs> these movies because they have to get to the plot and get stuff done. But um, they have to get the action. <laughs> they get to get to the action because the producers are going more explosions, please. Right, more
1: explosions, more dollars. More
0: dollars. Um, I would really like to see in these movies if they could just show a little bit of the mutants using their powers to help people. Yeah. You know, like. You would think, in the world, if it was really like that, that Bobby Drake would be out, like, putting fires out. Yeah. You know? Or helping stop global warming. Or, you know, like, they, <laughs> right. they would be using their powers not to defeat bad guys, mm-hmm. but to make the world a better place for people to live. And I think we're supposed to make that assumption. Right. But it would be nice to see it once in a while. Well, it's
1: similar to the authority, right? The authority really takes a different approach to the the comic book team, because teams are always fighting intergalactic aliens and and world-ending uh, mm-hmm. superpowers, super forces, and each other. And, and the authority takes on the responsibility of doing that, but also solving the world's problems. Yeah, and it, yeah. it kind of backfires on them a, a bunch of times because the humans um, reject them. And, and in the same way, the, the Justice League does, has a similar storyline that ha- has occurred where they go about solving the world's problems. And they develop weapons to be able to stop any... Humans and any uh, human power that rises up against them, and then the humans rebel and, yeah. and take them down. And that, it's actually portrayed in the the um, the, the cartoon on Comedy Central, <laughs> cartoon, cartoon Network. Network. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: so maybe I mean I don't know. I, I haven't read enough X Men to know that if that's actually something they do um, in the comics. Uh,
0: I think they used to do it more. Yeah, and then it, you that's know, was a thing of
1: the sixties and seventies, yeah, really.
0: And then eventually, it just got more tied up in them fighting bad guys and, and yeah. that, ha- having that kind of stuff. But I just think it would be it would be refreshing in a way mm-hmm. just to see them dealing with
2: mm-hmm.
0: more of the normal stuff that happens. And I, by that, I really mean not acting as cops. Right. I mean acting more as protectors of the greater good, mm-hmm. serving people. Well, and
1: that's what Xavier's uh, comment in the movie, right, is, is that essentially what Uncle Ben depart, uh, imparts to...
0: Right, with great
2: power. ...comes great
1: responsibility. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think you're right. It is always about the mutants fighting the mutants, and and doing so to the with, with without regard to the human population almost yeah. at all, except to just avoid them or keep them at bay.
0: And, and I think that's one of the reasons that Superman used to have such appeal because mm-hmm. a lot, a big part of Superman was doing that sort of thing. He was yep. always like, you know, um, stopping natural disasters or mm-hmm. saving villages or mm-hmm. you know. Um, clearing up avalanches and and just (laughs) kind of dealing with the natural things that happen to make life better for everybody else. And there's something really good and, and, um, noble about that, that we just don't get to see in, Mm -hmm. in many superheroes.
1: Trying to think if, trying to remember if any, in any of the movies, uh, there's any of that. It just doesn't have, I mean. I I remember uh, there's a comment where somebody asked Mystique why, um, what is it? What did they ask her? Something about, um. And all I remember is her comment she's like or maybe they have storm you know why why are you why do you hate us and it's because you're the reason why I couldn't uh, go out as a kid or mm-hmm. something you're the reason why I'm this way whatever it is uh, that's that's really not showcased either you know it, it's alluded to a lot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know see and, and it is in the comics there's a lot of that in the comics where the mutants are being attacked or sure. imprisoned or uh, by humans, yeah, by the military, yeah. and there's a little bit of that in this movie. But after the mutants make their first strike, really. yeah,
0: yeah. So I think that that by itself would be a very interesting yeah. thing to portray. I was just thinking about the Fantastic Four movie, and, and um <laughs> which I liked parts of. You know, like uh, things. The Chris
1: Evans. Part Chris, the Evans really Chris Evans.
0: I really like Chris <laughs> Evans. And, and just
1: galva you know, she yeah. wasn't a very good. Susan some, Storm, but she's hot. There <laughs>
0: were some fun things. It was a fun. It was a fun summer movie. That was my classification. Yeah,
1: well, the biggest one
0: on the
2: whole it summer. Was, right? It was big. It
0: was a big deal. Um, but in that movie too, and this was a t- totally valid criticism, was that you never saw them using their powers to do anything good. And in fact, when it was a scene where they actually stopped somebody from pitching off a bridge, it was because they had caused the right. problem in the first place, right. mm-hmm. and. It wasn't like that in the comic books that I remember all the time. Yeah. I mean, sure they had big fights with people but
1: You know you know who what movies and what character does that is Peter Parker. Yeah. Spider Man. He's he's in the first movie, right, he's all about town yeah. saving stopping bank robberies and stopping wrecks and yeah. saving I mean saving people, getting cats out of trees whatever it is. Yeah. Uh and, and because of that, that second movie where he has the whole crisis and then yeah. people there to support him is very powerful. Because, right, because he
0: walks around seeing all the stuff that he's right. not doing anything about and right. it, it totally eats him up inside. Yeah. Um, so, a couple of shows ago, um, my friend Catherine and I talked about Kingdom Come we did a whole hour and a half about Kingdom Come. Amazing. And um, one of the things that's the main plot point in Kingdom Come is that the world has evolved to a place where all there is are good guys fighting bad guys. That's yeah. all it is. They're not even using their powers to do anything anymore. Mm, right. It's just about having these rumbles where they're destroying buildings and right. all that. And I think that's a really good commentary on the state of a lot of comic books because mm-hmm. that's what they have come to yep. is kind of ignoring the outside world right. and kind of forgetting that, that the superheroes live in the world of humans still. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the one thing, and and this was why I wanted you to read the novelization of Kingdom Come because there's a great chapter in there um, about the Flash. <laughs> so in the universe of Kingdom Come, um, the the Flash
1: um, Merged with the Speed Force. He's
0: merged with Speed Force. He's so fast that he can't stop moving. Right. So he is in Keystone City, which is the city where he uh-huh. was, and. Keystone City is now a utopia because he is everywhere at one time. And this whole chapter just talks about how that happens and how he's always doing those things. He's putting Mm. out fires. He's saving people from burning buildings. He's getting cats out of trees.
1: It's it's, it's written in a little bit in a few panes in the... um in the comic
0: right but this is just it's a wonderfully written chapter I think it's one of the best things about the book actually and it gives all these very specific tiny little examples of you know he he grabs a handbag out of a thief's hand and gives it back to the woman you know stops a a cat from getting run over by a car and just being everywhere at once this godlike omnipresence Hmm. and that again I like that I find that so refreshing and I'd really like to see more of that
1: but then taken to an extreme right when it becomes a teen that does that it becomes overbearing, right? And taking human will out of right the equation, right? Rem- so
0: it's a fine line, you right. know. When does it stop being helpful and start being, you know, right. fascism? Well, what's, <laughs>
1: what's also interesting, I think, is just as kids have grown up with uh, <clears throat> more sci-fi on TV mm-hmm. and, and space space once you know space travel hit uh, in reality, um, kids didn't want to see. I, I won't say they didn't want to see. But I think they grew tired of heroes that only did that. That's and true. And so suddenly, interdimensional portals open. <laughs> and, you know, bad guys and bad powers that we couldn't even imagine yeah. came in. In um, <clears throat> the Green Lantern, my favorite comic ever and comic book character, suddenly the the Owens become a huge force, and the the, the Green Lantern core, which always existed, and you saw some of, are suddenly the main attraction. Mm-hmm. Because they're out there fighting all these powers and black holes that eat suns and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's just an interesting shift because. Green Lantern, Green Lantern certainly didn't do that before. He yeah. was w- walking around and stopping dams <laughs> from bursting. Right,
0: exactly. So I, I think it's, it's just been an evolution. There used to be maybe a lot of it, too much of it, so it moved away from that. But, but personally, I would like to see a little more of that. And in I comics. think
1: where we're going to see that is Superman Returns. Yeah. Uh, so right. as I understand it, the key issue in Superman Returns is that Superman, who had been around and saving the world's problems, human problems, goes away. And I haven't still found out and I don't really want to know until I see the movie why he went away. But he comes back years later Uh and everyone's moved on. So Lois is married and and the world has continued without him and learned to solve their own problems. And suddenly he's back in a world where he's not needed. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think
1: that's really going to be interesting because I think you're going to see that storyline you're talking about uh, with Superman.
0: That would be great. I, I hope so. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I've got high hopes for that movie. I and then you've got,
1: I am assuming, Lex Luthor, who is there to stop Superman from doing what he had been doing, which was really solving the world's problems. Mm-hmm. And there is something to be said for letting humans solve their own problems, exactly. even if they screw everything up yep. in, in the world. Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm curious to see how they, they play that storyline. I think, I think Bryan Singer is going to do a fantastic job, because I think he did a really good job with X-Men 1, an okay job with X Men too, and and I think that he's got a great love for Superman, mm-hmm. as I understand it. So
0: it looks good. All the trailers that we've seen so far look really good. I'm really
1: a little depressed that it wasn't a trailer for the X Men movie.
0: Yeah, uh, I was totally psyched for it. Instead, we had to see click. trailers for Fast and Furious, Fast and
1: Fasterist and, and, and Furiouserist, and...
0: Furiouser, <laughs> and and yeah, that horrible Adam Sandler movie, and uh, there was something else bad in there yeah. that I don't know what it was. The kids
1: movie. Looked all right. The, that um,
0: animated movie. Monster could be House. Cute.
1: Monster House. Yeah, that looked kind of fun. Um, but yeah, there, there just wasn't really... When I went to Mission Impossible uh, 3 last week, I got to see X-Men and Superman, uh. back-to-back trailers. Held my breath for about two straight minutes because I was so excited. Uh. And, you know, my first glimpse of them on the big screen.
0: Oh, really? Oh, and not to mention that we had to sit through, like, no kidding, 15 goddamn minutes of commercials for TNT.
1: Ugh. TNT bought stock in either Regal Cinemas or something. It was awful because none of the shows looked interesting.
0: No, it looked terrible. Really, really bad. The
1: Closer? What kind of name is that? (laughs) What kind of name is The Closer?
0: They need to hire a naming firm. (laughs) Yeah, they do. So that that was not fun, but um, it was really fun to go on opening night, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and see the movie in a theater full of people who were very excited to be there. We had <laughs> to wait hoops online. Some in the movie yeah,
1: and it started. Yeah, there were people
0: were appreciating what was happening, and there was that nice core of people who stayed to the very end yeah. to see the little thing. So that yeah. that was very cool. Um, and uh, I, I thought, in general, um, it, the movie kind of it moved right along. There were a lot of plot threads, and they probably could have been woven together
1: a little better. better. Yeah, mm-hmm. there
0: was some uh, very strange transitions, and you had to kind of remember where everything was going. And... Right,
1: especially in the very first maybe twenty minutes, it was jumping from Scott hearing these voices to Mystique being captured to uh, Logan and Ro- uh, Logan and Rogue. I mean, just jumping all over the place. Uh, Bobby and Kitty. I mean, just yeah. Magneto all over the place. Every two minutes. And I felt like, wow, if each one of these things becomes a (laughs) storyline, this is going to be really hard to follow. And you're right. They didn't um, bring that together all that well. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: And really, you know, the majority of the movie is the fight. Yeah. It's a good half hour.
2: Yeah. It goes out for Which is
1: fantastic because I always felt we didn't have enough of the fighting in the previous two movies. But I I don't know. I feel like more could have been done like in the last two movies with Mm. character development and interpersonal Mm. relationships. Yeah. Um, I am, I do have to say I'm happy that it wasn't just another Wolverine movie. Yes. Now I know I'm going to be booed off of the internet for this one. I like Wolverine. And I like Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine. But the first movie was all about Wolverine, primarily. It was introducing the whole cast. Mm -hmm. And the second movie was totally all about Wolverine. And both movies had Professor X being captured. And I was like, okay, we get it. Please don't do this in the third movie. And what did they do? Uh, They did away with Professor X and, or debilitated him. And, you know, Wolverine did take a pretty lead role kind of was about him and gene it
0: it was but you know i felt like um
1: this is a magneto movie it was a
0: magneto movie but he was he was less annoying as as wolverine in this movie i I felt like they didn't in the first movie um they really hit hard on the cliche stuff that they do (laughs) in the comics where you know he's smoking the cigars and swilling whiskey and all that stuff And, and
1: riffing off these one-liners yeah, and hating yeah. Scott. And, and hating
0: Scott and all that. And and I thought he toned that down yeah. in this movie. It was better. And he actually showed more of his um, ability to mm-hmm. deal with a bad situation. Right. Which was really good. Right. So he, he wasn't as annoying. My favorite
1: uh, scene is definitely when they all land and he says, form a line. Don't yeah. break the line. And he's barking, war, you know, really war commands. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's a leader without... He, he's definitely not the leader in name That's mm-hmm. storm and he's not the, the strategist that's kitty. But, but he really is clearly, uh, stepping up in a way he hasn't as a
2: teammate.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's never been a teammate. That's before. right.
0: That's exactly right. And you're right. That's exactly why I liked him better in this mm-hmm. movie because he was trying to be a teammate. He was yeah. functioning very well in that role. Yeah. So that was really good. Um, I also want to point out that Kelsey Grammer was great. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, when so I first good. heard it,
1: I couldn't believe it. Uh, Nine, ten, to twelve months ago, whatever it was, when they cast him, and then when I saw him in the makeup for the first time, uh, I was like, okay, I buy it. And then when we saw him in the preview, leaping down, yeah. I was like, okay. And then, yeah, he
0: fantastic. Was he was so good, wow. and and both both as the diplomat, but also as the beast, as yeah. the fighter beast, right. in, in there ripping and tearing and doing all that stuff. He was very good.
1: I'm a little curious. So we know that Magnino can smell Wolverines adamantium from a mile away he says so <laughs> he says in the movie uh and he's had no trouble controlling wolverine's adamantium in any other movie uh-huh. and he does so in this movie how come in the fight scene he just doesn't point his finger and rip his adamantium apart
0: that's a really good question <laughs> and i don't know the answer to that because it was too easy he's throwing cars around i, I know think could, i i don't know
1: i was a little i mean i think it's good that he didn't because uh-huh. Wolverine's gonna have a movie and I think it's a prequel though so it doesn't really matter but it would have been nice to see oh, I guess he had
0: to save Jane in the end. Well, yeah. And Hugh Jackman had it in his contract. <laughs> right. He's gonna have to be at the end Will saving Jane. has to be in the last shot of the movie. It's true. Oh. Um, um. And he um <laughs> it's so funny I was actually starting to laugh a little bit because the way they dress him in the movies is so iconic yeah. and you know he's always got the, the wife beater white t-shirt on yeah. and then he's like a little flannel shirt button, yeah. with the button down shirt over the top of it and his jeans and there's a scene where he is packing because he's going to leave to go find jean and he's throwing shit into a bag and I was like dude you don't have any other clothes <laughs> that's what you have it's what his you other have two on. flannel shirts and his other
1: wife beater shirts yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, just for good for good measure in case he gets stabbed. Uh, yeah, and, and the shirt won't them. heal
0: itself. But uh, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah,
1: I, I have to say I'm always happy to see that healing CGI. That's pretty cool. It's awesome. They, that's a really <laughs> great effect, and they've used it all three movies.
0: Yeah. Oh, and you know what else I liked about this movie is that they showed... Um, interesting mutant powers for the bad guys. Mm -hmm. So for the, 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 the the pawns as Magneto calls them who are sent out to attack them. That was some pretty cool stuff. Like that guy who was like forming whatever those things were, those spikes spikes out of his flesh and throwing them. them, That was pretty cool. Yeah. And the guy whose arms got cut off, that regenerated. That was pretty cool. That was
1: really cool. And of course, a classic Wolverine kind of kick him in the nuts and say grow those back. Yeah. That's straight out of the first movie. That was great. Uh, That was great. Um, yeah, well, so there was a guy who was... Remember the guy who was underneath the the, the tower? Oh, yeah. What oh, was his power? He was doing something weird.
0: I couldn't tell. He had, like, weird skin, and he was yeah. clinging on, like he was holding on somehow. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell what his power he was. Shot. And shot. And the porcupine guy? Yeah. I, I don't even know who he is. He oh, probably what's has his a name.
1: name? He, he does. And I just lost it. He was cool. Yeah. He I
0: like was good. cool.
1: Um, what I thought was interesting was the mass extermination, really. Yeah. Um, not by Jean gray in the end but when the army attacks yes and it's just they're shooting these amazing discs that are
0: that was blowing cool. these these shots
1: all over the place yeah. and it's um demutinizing yeah the whole army was amazing i, I was very that impressed was, by that concept yeah. written into the movie and
0: and it was really nice to see um Magneto realizing that maybe this wasn't going to be so easy when he says something like, um, oh, the humans and their guns. And then he tries to to do something with it and he realizes that they're plastic. And for you see on his face the doubt for the first time.
1: And he says something like they've learned or clever clever humans or something. Yeah. Almost as if as any fascist war general who has underestimated his opponent. That's very interesting. Uh, I do like that, again... Instead of being able to control their bullets, he thinks of something else, which is to lift these huge pieces of metal and block them, (laughs) block the shots from hitting him and his his core team.
0: Yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, I also liked, it wasn't Callisto, but I can't say, I don't know her name either, but...
0: The sonic boom. Yeah, yeah, what was her
1: name? You he said her name a couple I times. I know, I can't remember. That was it. <laughs> pretty impressive because she was targeting
0: the guns, the guns to make the plastic blow up.
1: That was interesting because it wasn't blowing apart the humans. Right,
0: so apparently she has the power to focus yeah. wherever the, the sonic yeah. thing is going to go. I liked
1: that. Yeah. She was cool. The, again, like you said, the, the, the bad guys had cool powers. Um, juggernaut, done incredibly well. <laughs> he was well. funny as hell. I
0: liked uh, him.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, and of course the abs. Oh that. <laughs> Those aren't real. We know that. No, no.
0: He looked like he had um, Ricardo Montalban's chest from <laughs> Wrath of Khan.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? They just kind of plastered it on him. That was good. But his his costume was very much the way it is in the comics with all Absolutely. the big bolts and everything right. on it. That was cool. I like to that. To
1: protect his pretty face, as yeah. he says,
0: which is amusing. <laughs> oh, that was good. So you're going to go
1: see it again on Sunday? I am, with uh, with a bunch of my roommates who didn't want to uh, come all the way out here to see it, which is understandable, but I have to say, I, I couldn't have not seen it on opening mm-hmm. night. Can't I can't imagine waiting two days to see this movie. Um, you know, I don't think I'm as excited to see it again as I was before I saw it, because uh-huh. I don't think it was the most amazing movie. It's mm-hmm. certainly not the most amazing superhero movie I've ever seen. Um I, I, I put one movie up there in that category that most people uh, kind of deride me for, but it's it's uh, Spider-Man Two. Oh,
0: I was gonna say that. I love Spider-Man Two. <laughs> I love that movie. That's a great movie
1: because it has amazing special effects. It has amazing battles, mm-hmm. but it also has this amazing uh, emotional, psychological component
2: mm-hmm.
1: that most of the superhero movies bypass. And I'm hoping the Superman returns captures that Mm -hmm. because it seems like that's what he's going to be dealing with is a world that doesn't need him. And what's that mean to him? Um, but Spider-Man two just really did that. Like no other movie had, um, this movie didn't have quite the same psychological or emotional depth, um, or conflict really, Mm -hmm. but it was good. It's pretty, pretty to look at with all the big explosions and pretty girls and pretty boys and Mm -hmm. flesh everywhere. Worth watching it. Yeah. It was
0: definitely... I, I think it was good.
1: I'm going to be sad to have to wait months and months for it to come out on DVD.
0: Yeah. Oh, so um, we have a um, uh, joint thing that we want to say, which is that when they put these DVDs out, mm. why are they not including all the stuff that didn't make it into the movie?
1: Because when I buy the DVDs, and I do for superhero movies... Uh, I, I, I always want to see what the you know, special deleted scenes were. And they're always crap. It's always like little bits and pieces of scenes that were already in. Or stuff that was 15 seconds of stuff that absolutely needed to be cut. Mm-hmm. But like the Lord of the Rings movies, like we were saying. Mm-hmm. Where they release a special edition and it has a full hour extra. Why, why, don't, why is the same not true for X-Men? Uh, they are not calling it X-Men 3. X-Men The Last Stand. Yeah. Release an original. And I know I'm going to, like, get, again, scorn from the whole community, but release an original, or the theatrical release, and a month or two later, release the extended version. Yeah. Really create a collector's edition that people will want to buy. Like, I would love to see more of the story. And maybe it's not... Maybe it takes more direction and, oh, and editing, but...
0: I don't know. You know they've got to have filmed a lot more stuff than they yeah. actually put in the movie. Yeah. Because to make a movie like this, they just shot, like months worth of stuff right. that didn't make it in. They edit it all down to fit into this however long two hours. Was, two yeah. hours. So, yes, we would both really, really, really like to see the stuff that didn't make it in. Right. That would be cool. I, you
1: know, I loved sitting through. So, uh, well, X, uh, Lord of the Rings 3 uh, was already a three-hour movie, right? And then it's like <laughs> it four, four, and hours. four and a half with the extended stuff.
0: Yep. But I loved it. It was great, of course. And, and I would love, to see more. I would
1: love a three-hour X Men Three movie, even if it wasn't quite as uh, fast-paced and exciting. Yeah.
0: So, oh look, the sprinklers just came <laughs> sprinklers on. It's a <laughs> damn good thing we have the windows closed, <laughs> and the car would be <laughs> getting soaked right now. Oh, wow, look! So it's coming all over the place. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, great! It's it's eleven o'clock at night, and they got the sprinklers going. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, better
1: now than in the middle of the day, I suppose, but.
0: That's funny. Well, I think the sprinklers coming on is a sign that we should probably wrap this up. That's true. Well, this was great. Thank you so much for yeah, doing the show. Yeah, I'm awesome. glad
1: we could uh, watch the movie together. So,
0: um, we should definitely do this for the Superman movie. Absolutely. And if we want to do any other movies, um, we should do well, it. Well, Pirates of
1: the Caribbean. Was, we could
0: do Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> That's almost like a comic book movie. I yeah. think you could count it as a comic book movie. Um,
1: uh, Johnny Depp is a He is a comic a book, book guy. guy. Yeah. He
0: is. He very much is. Um, so that's been the whole X-Men 3 review. Um, I have to mention my sponsor, which is Comic Relief in Berkeley. So you should go there and buy X-Men comics <laughs> and give Rory your money, and please tell him that I sent you. So, yeah, Comic Relief. Um, the next show might be interviews or it might be me reviewing stuff. At this point, I don't know because I have a lot of people that I need to talk to, and I don't know when I'm going to get to it. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Um, if you liked X-Men or if you hated it, please write to me. Either send me email or leave a comment at the blog. And... Um, As always, I appreciate all the email that I get from you guys, all the wonderful supportive email that I got uh, from my rant last time about women in comics, and to all the people on the image boards who didn't like what I had to say, go fuck yourselves, is basically what I have to say.
2: (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs)